If you'd like to turn with me uh, just to the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 13. I just want to speak uh, tonight about change. And we've already seen and, and heard just, uh, just such a great range of testimonies from this year. I really enjoyed listening to those from Pastor Andrew. And I want to have a look at a thought about be, of, of being changed. And in Jeremiah chapter 13, uh, in verse 23, without going too much of the background, we know Jeremiah had a very amazing calling uh, as, a, as quite a young man. And he was called to do some really interesting things. Some really, uh, I guess, um, interesting demonstrations that had a prophetic message of, uh, of what was to come, particularly for Israel. And he had the job of basically going and telling uh, the nation of Israel as they were broken into their two houses that, that eventually they were going to go into exile because they just refused to keep following the Lord. And in verse 23, there's a, there's a really good question here. And it says, can the Ethiopian change his skin? or the leopard his spots, then may ye also do good that are accustomed to do evil. And it's really the question of can, can anybody really change with what's been hardwired inside them? Can they really change? And at first when you read this, I, I suppose it sounds like something external when we think about the colour of our skin we think about the pattern on an animal or on a leopard uh, it seems like an external thing but those things are actually in in the DNA and what it's really saying is is there is there something that's just too hard to change in our lives is is there, are there things that are impossible and well in the natural yes there are things that are impossible to change but supernaturally nothing is impossible for God to change in us. And there's a number of changes, I suppose, in this life. There's, there's temporary changes, and our world is really good at knowing about those because um, I guess we've experienced a lot of that this year. I mean, we don't know how temporary it is, but we've seen a lot of change rapidly, and it's affected our lives in different ways. And then there's permanent changes, that uh, things that might take a place in the world or in our life that... We think, well, this is going to be for the duration of my life. This is a permanent change. And our world understands that to some degree. But then there's something beyond that, and that's an eternal change. And our world does not understand eternal change because our world doesn't deal with, it doesn't grasp with or grasp eternity. But that's what God's called us to. And... You know, as people, we're, well, people are just really unique creatures because on one hand, we will fight against change very, very hard. And then on the other hand, we will fight for change when it doesn't suit us. We're kind of, uh, we, we're really temperamental. And um, I can think of uh, just one really uh, quick example in my own life. And you've got to be really careful when other people decide they're going to pray for you. Um, of, of, uh, and I've shared this story before, but um, I've never really been a person to uh, to want to be a pet owner. I've not really ever been into pets. And um, our daughter got to about six years of age, and um, I was becoming the bad dad of the only one who wouldn't let his little girl have a dog. And um, one day, I think she decided to go out to the prayer line and have some prayer about it. And 
Next thing I know is that uh, we're going past a pet shop, Stacey and I, one day, not that much longer later on. And now we've owned a dog for about seven years. <laughs> and um, it's just one of those things, little things in you can can change, you know, and, and life's full of it. And we might believe there's things in us that can never change. You know, we make comments like, it's, it's just the way I am. I, I, it's, just, it's just my makeup. I, I can't really change. We, we may have said that about other people. I just don't think they're ever going to change. We, we make those comments sometimes, but anything within us can be changed by the Lord. If we, if we seek him and we, and we submit, our, submit ourselves to him, we're obedient to him, um, then we're able to be, I guess, less like our genetic makeup and, and maybe the genetics of our parents, and we're able to take on more of the genetics of our spiritual creator, our, our heavenly father, and become more like him if we're really prepared to seek him. Um, it's just really making me think, too, about um, our minds, because um, just, just recently um, I had to go and, or, or wanted to go in and visit a particular person who'd been having um, some some difficulties and they found themselves um, just in a, in a mental health unit just to, to try and get better and a bit of professional help there and so on. And um, you go in and um, in this particular place I went, you're just presented with a, a whole range of people in there who are obviously overcoming, you know, various things and problems. And and it gets you thinking as you just look at these people, what's what's happened in their life to get them into that position. You know, what every person there has a story of why it is they've ended up um, needing that kind of help. And it really gets you thinking that our minds um, are very, they're very precious, but they're very, they're very fragile things. And that we need to look after our mind. And God's, God's given us a recipe to do that. I, I just want to look at a passage in First uh, Timothy chapter four, if you can turn there with me. It just says, uh, 1 Timothy 4, in verse 16, he says, take, take heed unto thyself. Take heed, take, take notice of yourself. And, and then he says, and unto the doctrine, and continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. And the doctrine... The, the teaching of God, of his, of his sound, sound words, his, his principles, and all of the things that are geared towards us having a, an eternal life, they are, they are the thing that um, allows us to put on the mind of Christ, the helmet of salvation. And, and sometimes we don't, we don't maybe appreciate how much that protects our minds, how much it keeps our mind. And of course, it, it, it goes on and speaks about that if we do this, not only is it going to um, keep us uh, securely in the Lord, but as we get to speak to other people and as we get to live it, it's going to have an effect on those that hear us as well. And, you know, the things that pass through our minds, I mean, I think we'd all be a bit nervous at times, uh, all be a bit, feel a bit vulnerable if everyone here was able to see what passes through our own minds at times. Sometimes it's affected by the things we allow ourselves to watch, 
things we allow ourselves to listen to, it'll have not a good impact on our mind if it's things maybe we shouldn't be. And sometimes things just pop into our minds that we just think, where did that come from? Where have those thoughts come from? And, you know, they're not, they're not always edifying things, but we keep our minds healthy and we keep them um, transformed. Um, I want to have a look at another passage, Romans chapter, Romans chapter 12. Because we want a, a mind that is changed by Christ. Um, I won't go through all of this, but in just Romans 12 and verse 2, we read, and be, and in some of the recipe here, it says, the way we're going to look after our mind is it says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, by not being conformed to the pressures that are around us. It, it plays a big part in keeping our, our mind healthy and it being renewed. And it says that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect uh, will of God. Um, really to this world, our minds are the prize. That if, and, and, and I suppose all the ideas and the ideals and, and, the, and the fantasies and the achievements and all the things we can become involved in in this world, it becomes the bait. And if it can hook our mind so that somehow we will place our creator second to everything else, then um, the world around us has sort of got its prize. But the purpose and the reason to, to keep our mind focused on our creator is that we've, we've got a soul that needs, that needs saving, that needs supernatural intervention and needs salvation for eternity. I want to have a look again uh, just at another passage back in the book of, uh, book of Luke. Luke chapter 13, sorry, I should have said. Just in verse 22 of Luke 13. We read here of uh, Jesus Christ and he says here, well it says here, and he went through the cities and villages teaching and journeying towards Jerusalem. And then said one unto him, Lord, are there few that be saved? And really, whoever this one was, he was asking the question, well, well Lord, how, how, how hard is it? How hard is it going to be to be saved? How, how many people are actually going to be saved? They're going to enter into eternal life. And we see Jesus... He gives his answer. He says, strive to enter into the straight gate. For many I say unto you will seek to enter in and shall not be able. When once the master of the house has risen up and has shut the, uh, to the door and you begin uh, to stand without and to knock at the door saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. And he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not whence you are. Now this is an event um, that hasn't yet happened. Our world hasn't experienced a time when the door of God is closed because at the moment it's open. People are able to knock. People are able to come and make their peace with him. People are able, and God is calling people to come and be born again and to make their peace. That's why we're given this life. But it's talking of a time in the future that our world hasn't yet experienced. There's been all kinds of change in our world. There's been war at a world scale, um, there's been all kinds of disasters and tragedies in our world and 
You know, they've affected countless millions of people and even the generations that follow afterwards. And, and it has this ongoing, a permanent effect. But this story here is talking about something of, uh, of eternal consequence where people in desperation will knock on the door to say, Lord, let me in. And the time is too late. And it's not just of a temporary consequence or a, or a permanent, but it's eternal. And it goes on and it says, Then you shall begin to say in verse 26, We have eaten and drunk in thy presence, and thou hast taught in our streets. And we see this example of people then trying to go back into their own life and say, But I've got a connection with you, God, because you've been in our presence somehow. We've, uh, we've eaten with you. We've had sort of an association. But... In the end, it's not going to be enough. And he says, but he shall say, I tell you, I know you not whence you are. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. There shall be weeping of gnashing of teeth when you shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and you yourselves thrust out. Now, I think Jesus was particularly talking to the Jews and, and, and of the religion of the Jews at the time. But there's still a message here for us. And he goes on in verse 29, he says, And they shall come from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south and shall sit down in the kingdom of God. God is going to gather people from every corner of the globe of the world. From the latitude and longitude of the earth, he will gather people. And it goes on and it says, And behold, there are last which shall be first, and there shall be first which shall be last. The order of things is going to change. And I know, uh, I think it was the beginning of this year and of recent times, we've had some quite major uh, bushfires in this country and in other parts of the world. And um, I have a couple of people that I work with that sort of live in the country. And I know the thing that became really um, important that they were encouraged in was to prepare kits. And maybe there's people here that have had to do that too, to, to sort of put all your valuables or all of the things that if you had to flee in a moment, if... if, if tragedy struck with a fire and you had to flee, well, what would you take with you? What, what are just the, you know, the most important things in your possession? And, and they'll go with it. And really the story is, in our whole world, in all of God's creation and this, this amazing earth that we live on, the most valuable thing are people's souls, is our soul. And that is what God wants to preserve that is what he's coming back to take. That is what he cares about. It's, it's unlike anything else in his creation because it's of eternal consequence. We read about this, uh, this earth, about the elements melting with a fervent heat and the earth as we know it changing and, and being dissolved and so on. But there's this eternal part of us that is just so important to God. And um, just in Ephesians chapter 1, if you'll turn there with me. in verse uh, 13 just pick up part of the, the scripture here it just says talking to the church at Ephesus it says in whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation in whom after you uh, whom sorry I'll start again in whom also after that you believed you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. 
when, when we were born again, when we spoke in other tongues, something, something eternal happened to us. And although, you know, it can be so common to us that we, we know that people receive the Holy Ghost as, and people speak in other tongues, it talks about as the Spirit gives utterance. We know, we know that's God's evidence that he's come into someone's life. But the eternal part of it that maybe we don't see is that God says we've then been, we then have his seal, his stamp of authority on our lives that makes us very different. There's an eternal, an eternal change inside of us that God then identifies that as he looks upon this world, he sees those who are sealed and those who aren't and those who are yet still to be. And it's an incredible thing. And to think that he looks down on the world and he can and he can and see that and i guess we're given a choice that you know all of us that we can we can, we have the choice to no longer utilize that holy ghost and and sadly maybe many people have over years and decades and so on and we can and we can go back and we can choose to be governed again by our natural thinking and our our natural interests and so on, and we can and we can allow all those things to come back in and motivate us again. But when we've been sealed by the Creator, that can actually never be removed. It is not something that can be undone. And because God says his gifts, they are without repentance. The gifts of God are without repentance. And over many you know, over since the time of Jesus Christ, many people on the earth have been sealed. But we know that the Bible tells us that we've got to go on. It's that as many as live by the Spirit of God, that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the ones that remain the sons and daughters of God. I just want to um, finish on a, on a passage. Um, it's been just in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. read from verse 50 talking about the ultimate change that's still really to come it says now this I say brethren that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God neither doth corruption inherit uh, incorruption then he says behold I'll show you a mystery mystery I want to show you Paul's really writing I want to show you the future, the moment that this world was created for, and it's something that's not really easily to be to be understood. He said it's it's a bit of a mystery. He says, and this is of course is written to the church, people who are born again and walking in the spirit. He says, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound. And the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed, an eternal change. Now, I know out at my um, particular workplace, um, we have a few alarms and sirens and so on. I, I work out the, the RAF base there, and they, have, they do alarm testing every sort of week. And they have all these systems that go off that are supposed to sig signal different things, I suppose, if it's under attack and all those kind of things. And some of them are very industrial, and they and they bounce off the, off the buildings for sort of kilometres around, and they're quite, I don't know, they, they make you stand up and take notice. And um, I suppose it's a modern version of an air raid siren. Most people have heard, a, heard some form of an air raid siren. When you hear one, it's got this, 
if you know what's coming with it, it strikes in a bit of fear, like what is this bringing? What, what is this about to bring into where I am? And this trumpet of God that we, that we read of here, it's talking about, and this, is, this isn't something temporal, this is an eternal, the alarm clock of God, that God and Jesus Christ has arrived. And there isn't a single person in the world that isn't going to hear this when this takes place. And there are two things. We either wake up and we're changed into immortality, where we're not a natural body anymore, but we're changed into his likeness, or we sleep in and we stay asleep and we're woken at another time with a personal appointment with God, which may not be pleasant. And this is, and, and this is the, the, the eternal change and consequence, I suppose, that, that the Lord is trying to make us aware of. And it goes on in verse 53 and it says, For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. The natural body, it can't go on forever. It must be changed. And it says, so when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory or death is entirely engulfed and drowned in victory. It's no more. And it goes on and it talks about a few other things about where, de- where the sting of death is now and so on. But it just finishes in verse 57. It says, but thanks be to God which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you to God who gives us the victory over death because of Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labour is not in vain in the Lord. The reason our, our all that, you know, whether we've walked for the Lord just uh, just for a short time or many, many years, the encouragement here is that uh, our, our commitment, whatever we've put our hand to with the Lord, it's not, you know, the laying down of our natural life or our time or, or uh, whatever sacrifices we've made for our Creator, it's not in vain because the consequence and the reward is going to be forever. It's not just for a season. This is eternal. And just a last thought to think, to just to finish on, I just, you know, you, you read so many stories of, of Jesus Christ sitting down and, and speaking with people and just talking one-on-one with them and just having an amazing ability that only the Son of God could have had to, to weigh up a person's life and know where they were coming from and to know what the real issues were. But yet he always had a way, it seems, of doing it where there was always a care, there was always a compassion for for people's souls, but he knew how to get to the point. He, he knew how to get to the part that mattered if it was going to affect them for the eternal part of their life. And I just think, you know, he, he, he talked to the lady at the well of Samaria and he was able to pick up, you know, you've been in multiple relationships, not just one. And, and he got to sort of the, the true point with her about where the true worship was going to happen think about the story of the young young rich man who was able to sort of say about all that he was doing and and giving up in his life to be able to serve the Lord but Jesus Christ had this amazing ability to to go but but you've got riches that are that are getting in your way and he got to the point and you just think if, it, if, if this year if we could sit down with the Lord 
and he would talk to us about our life and and we would talk to him about all the things that maybe we've had to overcome and the, the things that maybe we've worked through this life, that he would have this amazing ability with us just to get to what really mattered um, in and, and where we're at even this day. And it, you think, what would, he, what would he bring up? What would he bring up with us that would say, you, you're, doing, you're doing well, but this part here, if you're not careful, it'll hinder you. It'll hinder you from about what is, what is about to happen. And, you know, that thought is not there to bring a condemnation on any one of us, but just to, like the scriptures say, that we, that we would work out our own salvation, our own relationship with our Creator with fear and trembling because it's of an eternal consequence. And as we allow the Lord just to keep changing us, slowly chipping away at us and changing us to be more like him, it does become like a light to this world because it becomes evident that the change that is happening in us is not of ourselves but is of something much bigger than ourselves. And we just know that the greatest change that is this world is ever going to see is still yet to come and praise the Lord that we uh, that may we all be there when uh, when the Lord comes back. Amen.